0: Welcome to Designed By Us, the show where we discuss how humans design the world. And today I'm here with Ravi. And Ravi is here with... No one. All right, so who's speaking then?
1: Oh, but well, what am I here with? I'm not here with yeah, anyone, you're... apart from yourself.
0: Yeah, they are really the best company you could ever have.
1: Okay, fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, that was amazing. All right. Anyway, so how are you, Ravi?
1: Yeah, good. Good. How are you? Yeah? Yeah.
0: I hear the weather in London is, is, is really crap.
1: Uh, no, it's been sunny the last couple of days. Today, it looks pretty awful. Uh, how is it wherever the hell you are?
0: Well, I heard that apparently London was really sad that I left.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's
0: going to be 15 degrees today. It's very cloudy and rainy. So yeah. humid, wet, and it smells bad. Man. Just like you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good joke. Um <laughs> All right. So on that on that note, um, that's a great segue toward to today's topic. So just just for context, we I was in a flight recently, and I spent about twelve hours using this in flight entertainment system in a plane. These little touchy screens that you have in front of you. Some some of them actually have a very bad remote control. And I actually I wondered, like, why are these things so bad? Like they're fun to use for. For the beginning of the flight so you just basically browse it's more like a curiosity game you just basically browse Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what's in there and then you are like okay this is actually really crap i'm just going to use whatever my phone or whatever things i've downloaded here so i just i was just curious to actually fully understand why are these things so bad like what are the limitations in in place so Mm -hmm. first question how do you use these things uh you you you, ravi not the average user so
1: i get on a flight uh, I used to fly to Dubai quite a lot, so that's kind of like my reference for like a long haul trip, uh, where these where these um, screens usually are. And um, I'd get in, I would change the mode to um, the map mode, see where my plane is mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, or even better, if there is one, I'd change it to an outside camera view, like some oh, wow. cameras on the on the landing gear or the tail lights, uh, or on the tail or something like that. And then turn it off and whip out my iPad and watch a movie.
0: All right. So follow up question. Why don't you, why don't you just keep watching the, the camera view?
1: Um, so, cause I, I really enjoy flights for, you know, I I, this can sound really bad, but I think flights are really great for mindfulness. If you treat them the right way, you can genuinely just relax. Cause there's nothing else to do. No internet connection, not usually talking to anyone and you can just, you know, enjoy a free drink, put on a movie. And that's it.
0: So you actually watch What watch the movies in there.
1: No, 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 I watch them on my iPad. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. So in, in the airport, usually because I forget up until the last minute, then I connect to my hotspot, go onto Netflix, download a couple of things, make them make them available offline, watch a movie. Maybe that's a classic that I haven't seen before or something that I have seen before. Uh, the only exception of this was Top Gun, because uh, as we'll talk about later, um, the airlines are able to get access to movies after uh, they come out of the cinema a little bit quicker than most places. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, I really wanted to rewatch Top Gun and I thought, where better to do it than on an airplane? And that was great.
0: The new one, by the way, not, not the yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Okay. So, actually, one of the things, the reason why I asked about the cameras is because entertainment in flights is not a really a new thing. Um, and basically, what happens is that when they, when, when, us planes became, became bigger and steadier, and they were able to actually provide um, longer flights. Then airlines realized actually looking outside the window on a blue sky or, or a cloudy sky for like 10, 8, 10 hours is actually not interesting to many of, of, of the passengers. So what can we do inside? So they started with food, started with a bar. So pretty much what you, what you just said, get a drink, yeah. get food. And then they were like, actually, what else can we do for the people who mostly people eat, but what with the people that are not drinking? And they actually decided to make a projector. I think this was around the sixties. Just put a projector and allow the people usually in first class to watch this movie in one of the walls in the plane. And that's basically how it started. And then little by little, it kept evolving. Then projectors became like screens within the plane. So basically these, these screens that just hang from the from the roof of the plane from the ceiling of the plane i think they call it um the drop, down. drop down okay drop down? they call it i think they call it uh ceiling visual u- uh, display units right virtual display units something like that but in, in that case it was just basically like yeah very very small screens i will just play the same thing over and over again and then little by little until 90 until the 90s i think it was virgin the very first company that went crazy and said let's actually pr- put a private virtual display unit in the back of every seat. And when I did the Richards Branson masterclass, he actually mentioned this. And apparently he got he got like basically it was really hard to get the the plane to do it for them. Like they think he was borrowing planes from Airbus. Mm-hmm. And he was basically he was basically the people were saying that this is not going to be possible, this is too expensive, what are you doing, etc. And basically what happened was that he said actually borrow the yeah, I'll borrow the plane. So he was borrowing these planes from Airbus. He found investment he put them out of his own money and basically that was what gave them a little bit of an advantage for the next couple of years until the other companies caught up but i thought it was cool. it was cool that you just have to be a little bit crazy at first to actually get that yeah. so that was a massive innovation in the 90s and how did we get from hey this is a massive innovation to hey this is a really crap to today
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's what i want to figure out
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right so what other things uh do you do so you- you did the map. What other things can you do in this type of uh, devices?
1: You can call a flight attendant. You can, um, watch a movie, watch TV on some, sh- uh, on some planes. You can even watch live TV, which to yeah. me is insane.
0: That was actually, cool. um,
1: you can connect to Wi-Fi uh, if you yeah. count that as part of the in flight in inter- flight entertainment system or I- IFE. Um, sometimes the seats have power in them as well, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, you can do a lot of different things.
0: I uh, something interesting and that expanded my view in this is that the in-flight entertainment systems are not necessarily only the screen mm. and like and and the movies within within the screen. It's also the remote that you use. It's also the chair, the power outlets, the network within the plane. If you need Wi-Fi or or satellite signal, so all of those things make the whole entertainment system in the plane. And it's really, another, it's, re- it's really yeah. interesting. It's really interesting to me that there's like
1: this whole system of entertainment. Yeah. And what's also interesting is the idea that, like, consumer tech, as that gets better, mm-hmm. then in flight entertainment gets better as well, arguably. Maybe not recently. Interestingly, the first in flight movie was shown in 1921. And as you said, mm-hmm. like a film projector. You know, you're talking about like what people like to do on airplanes, and they had like lounges and bars and stuff like that. There was one plane called the Bristol Brabazon, which was made to fly transatlantic, I think just after the war. Um, it was never bought, but it had a 23-seat plane, a 20 seat, 23 seat cinema in it. Imagine that. Imagine being able to go to the cinema and like... In the plane. Yeah. It's probably the days when people could still smoke on planes. It'd just be such a weird experience, like, compared to what we're used to. Yeah. But anyway, the reason why I'm telling that story is because in the 60s, a new, special, smaller film was developed, right? Um, to allow, basically, the film reels to be smaller so they could fit, they could fit them on the airplane, right? And the inventor of them... A guy called David Flexer said, an awful lot of ingenuity has gone into this thing, which started from my simply thinking one day in flights that air travel is both the most advanced form of transportation and the most boring. And I don't know about you, but I completely geek out when I'm on an aeroplane. I love it. I love getting a window seat. I could stare at that window for eight, 10 hours, honestly. As long as really? I could listen to music, I honestly could, yeah. If it didn't go dark, that's what I would do.
0: I would actually spend a lot of time, you know, when you see like the. The wind just going through the wind, the, the, the wing of the plane. And you can actually see sometimes the airlines yeah, yeah, yeah. through the wind, that I would spend so much time as a kid, just looking at that. I do it as an adult. <laughs> to me, it's actually insane. Like the engineer, this might be a bit of a the derail, but the engineering of a plane, a guy thought, you know what, let's make this massive tube of aluminum, fill it up with people and like shoot it really, really, really fast until it actually gets to the other side of the ocean and then figure out a way to land it on the other side. Yeah. Like the yeah. idea of a plane is actually really, really made up and the fact that we have been able to actually put internet movies and fill it up with other stuff or like bars and put it, put entertainment inside is actually really, really insane Yeah, like as, a, as a human accomplishment. So that, there that is... still blows my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like there's a, I think JetBlue did a study, right? Yeah. Um, and in that study, they had, they had basically two identical flights. Uh, I wouldn't say this was like a super like technical, like well-run thing. Right. Yeah. And basically when they introduced, uh, personal TVs in the backs of, um, these seats, they had one with those and one without, and basically the one without them, uh, they found that people went to use the toilet much more. They were just a bit more restless. Um, yeah. and they, f- and they found out that the, uh, one with the uh, in-flight entertainment in the backs of the seats, um, they, they eventually term- termed it the happy plane. Cause they felt that customers were happier on it and like less, less, um, restless.
0: That's actually interesting because one of the things that I have been researching on is like, what's the future of these things. And there are many companies that are doing this. So usually it's not airlines who build this entertainment systems. They outsource that to a company. The company provides the seats and the whole thing, and then. They make it. And I read a few papers, a few research papers on nice. how these day de- the, the how we could use those seats to improve and it, like provide data to the plane, provide data to the 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 crew in the plane, and also improve the services that these people get. And there were some people saying actually we could use the seat belts, we could use a chair, the chair, the, the actual chair. And it puts certain sensors in there to figure out how the, the restless level, let's say, a restlessness level of the of the person who is sitting there. Can we measure their respiratory rate? Can you can we measure part of their heart rate? Can we measure their skin temperature? Um, and can we use that to actually figure out, hey, is this person having a, a, a hard time? And then when they pass a specific threshold, then we just point out to one of the the crew members automatically right and hey this person is having a bit of a hard time let's make sure they have a better flight and maybe they can provide a specific drink a specific service a specific food something just to make that person that person's experience a bit better so to me was really really interesting how can we use this data to kind of like target the service to the people that might need a different type of assistance within yeah. the flight yeah yeah, yeah.
1: that's really yeah. i think i think it makes sense I, i've got this theory that in flight food isn't there to nourish you; it's there to entertain you, and it's yeah. just there to like stop a riot. Um, <laughs> same thing with the drinks. So they they give you the they, they give you alcohol, they give you food, they give you movies just to keep you quiet and in your yeah. seat uh, for for eight eight to ten hours.
0: To be honest, you you could also call that call that an in flight entertainment system. It's just the food you get.
1: Yeah, exactly. But this is it. It's like a, you know Wally.
0: Yeah, it's like the future of humanity. It's like it's literally that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like from what you said, like, another interesting thought is that we think, or at least I do, that the users of these in-flight entertainment systems are only us, the passengers. There are so many more. There is like the captain, the crew. There are so many more people that are receiving inputs and receiving like the other way of the communication. And okay. an interesting, an interesting thought. Um, I don't know if you, if you. Like companies like Emirates, Qatar Airways, and like all of these like the luxe companies that are doing longer flights, and they just push the boundaries of what luxury in a plane is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that they're doing is they allow you to order things from the screen, uh, which is not is not in the average in flight entertainment system. Like they allow you to order drinks, order food, order extra things, and it's actually really interesting. That's that's problem one. Okay, so it's like, how can we make the service more efficient. Because what actually happens in the average flight is I press a button, then the flight attendant comes in, then they say, hey, what would you like? I say, oh, I would like a glass of water. Then they have to go back, and then they have to go come back to you and bring you the glass of water. So they actually did three trips. If you figure out a way to, so let's say the busy time for a flight attendant doing those three trips is gonna be 10 minutes. But if you figure out a way to just submit a request and then the request has your seat number and all of that, then the flight attendant receives the the request, they serve the water and then bring it to you. And then you reduce that busy time for flight attendants for five minutes. That means that they can serve more people or have a bit of a restful (laughs) flight, if that makes sense because it's actually really busy for them. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. How can we use this data to fi- to improve the efficiency within the flight? I also thought it was quite an interesting approach. So yeah, that was that's pl- problem one. And problem 2, which I thought was super more interesting is the what happens in a crisis. And I don't remember if uh, I, I remember. I don't know if you remember what happened between you and me when we were organizing Startup Weekend a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember you told me something. It's like everyone should have a role, but there should be one person that should be free because if if things break, that person is the one that solves it at all times.
1: Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you yeah, told right. me this. Yeah, like a sub, like a subs bench.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah, someone. Yeah. Like, if something happens, like, that's the person on call to just go and solve whatever happens. It doesn't matter what what it is. So. It turns out that they do something similar, right? It's probably a bit different, different like the shifts and whatever, but they do something similar. And what is actually really interesting is that in moments of crisis, there is like a set of, depending on the crisis, you just press a button for different entertainment systems and you can deliver messages at once to everyone, same message, you can manage people, manage crowds, uh, manage stress within the people. And you basically free the time for the crew to actually do things during a moment of a crisis, which mm-hmm. again, time is very limited. Mm-hmm. So that's another really, really interesting use case, which I hope none of us experience, but very, very crucial.
1: Yeah. I think, I think also like flight attendants and obviously the pilots, uh, and everyone else involved, like, yes, they're there to kind of offer that service and everything else like that. But, you know, I remember actually talking to a flight attendant and, um, they said, look, above everything, like. The reason why we're there is for your safety if that makes sense mm. and it's really important to remember that more more than anything because like that's the point so if you can even like for example like make them less tired yeah right so that they're more alert if, in the case of emergency or whatever the case may be like i can totally see that being a massive benefit yeah. in, in that case yeah yeah
0: yeah, 100 yeah, i it's it's so important for them as well i actually i have a question just taking a bit of a pivot and i don't know i don't know if i think you did a bit of um resources and data on what actually happens with those movies that they show because some flights have really old crap movies and some have really good ones mm-hmm. like how does that work how does that make mechan- sense because they don't own the rights or like how does that work how do they own the rights to do that
1: they negotiate with the uh, studios directly apparently So they'll have teams that are working on this to differentiate their in-flight entertainment from from other airlines. And part of that is by saying, we've got the latest or the best movies. Um, Apparently it's worth just in terms of how much money is spent with the uh, the studios on like an annual basis. Before the pandemic, it was worth about half a billion US dollars. Um, So half a billion, well, to be honest, it feels like a lot, but then also it's not a lot. Uh, Apparently they only pay about the $33,000 per movie um, so I'm sure for something to get, to get the latest top gun, even before it was finished in the cinemas Emirates probably paid a little bit more, but to me, it just feels like, um, it'd be interesting to compare that to like the like like what, say for example, Netflix
0: has to pay or Amazon prime has to pay to license these movies onto their platforms. Um, it is interesting. That's actually, wait, so there are about five companies, five to 10 companies, you say five, just to summarize like five big ones. And you're saying that they pay each of them about half a billion just for no no, no
1: in total in total oh
0: in total yeah, yeah, okay yeah. yeah okay okay it's actually interesting let's dive a bit more into that because the global market size is about six billion so for, for between 5.5 to to six billion so that's it the, the whole market size of uh, plain entertainment systems and already what a bit of a, a fifth of that or a bit a bit less than a fifth is being used only for rights
1: yeah exactly but then you've got you've got to pay for the cost of the actual systems
0: themselves yeah the software and the
1: systems everything else like that yeah yeah
0: Yeah. we'd actually for innovation and like improvements and research and improving the ux and all of those invest investments that should be going into making this better we actually don't have room for that i'm sure most of the money goes into manufacturing
1: the thing is right so like if you if you if you are um you're right about that. But then if, so the, the really good one that I've personally used uh, is Chris World, which is on Singapore and ice, which is on Emirates and neither of them are great, but apparently they're both state of the art, right? They're both the category leaders in, in this, which is really yeah. weird. But then if you're, if you're Emirates and you've got like um, a business traveler or even like a, um, or even like just a, you know, a family, for example, going on their, you know, holiday or whatever the case may be, all it needs to do is to get you into that video. To watch it if that makes sense like and i do i do wonder if for the vast majority of people it is good enough if that makes sense yeah and you and i being nerds are like oh this is not as responsive as my ipad but for most people they're just like oh great you know they've got a top gun or oh great they've got the new lego movie which i can make my kid watch so i can shut them up for a
0: few hours and actually enjoy my flight do you yeah. know what i mean yeah i'm sure most of the people don't complain about the refresh rate of those screens yeah exactly so-
1: exactly that so yeah like i yeah basically like and also if you're emirates and you know hey i've got i don't know let's say a million dollars to make my flight entertainment better is that better spent on top gun than it yeah. is
0: on ux improvements yeah fair enough yeah or bringing yeah. you better food making your seat more comfortable yeah you know like at the end of the day there is in that period of time there is no competition pretty much so you either use entertainment system or use your phone but whatever, like you're ready, but the flight, right? Like it doesn't, Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, like, screwed. <laughs> you're already paid. So like, it's not like you're going to go pay more somewhere else. Like,
1: yeah. Do you, do you know what's funny? Do you know why there are two prongs uh, on um, uh, airplane headsets? I don't know, tell me. So, so back in the day, kind of like 50s, 60s, when they were showing these movies, right, for everyone. Yeah. Of course, you know, how do you hear it is the next question. And equally, how do you make sure that some people can hear it and that some people who just want to have a nap don't have to hear it? What they had was headsets, right? We're familiar with that. However, they didn't have the technology for headphones as we know them. So they had pneumatic headsets. And basically what this was is like a speaker and then a literal pipe that would come up to your ears, a bit like a stethoscope. And then that's how the sound would be transmitted to your ears. Um, so literally like a sound pipe, uh, which to me was absolutely insane. Um, but the reason why they have two prongs is because of course, back in the day you would need two pipes one for your left one for your right yeah and apparently because airlines were just used to having two connectors for headphones that's why that's why there are two prongs on a on a headphone um adapter for for an airplane uh in addition to that also stops people nicking the headphones uh, although i can't imagine why someone would want to uh, but it is what it is and also it stops um in, in theory if one of the pins break then you can use the other one to still deliver yeah.
0: audio yeah I think it's probably the last two maybe the number yeah. two is the best one yeah but, like, but imagine people do but a lot imagine. of random crazy yeah, things in flights but, they steal but, like the blankets the, the everything yeah uh, yeah you're right about that
1: but like this is what i mean but like
0: yeah you're right yeah.
1: there's no kind of like hey definitively this is why they do it but i think it kind of points to like a, a bit of a reason why they don't change that much like there's there seems to be a culture in the like aircraft industry of did a, a huge amount of iterate, um, innovation, like building the plane out of composite instead of aluminium, right? Yeah. And all this kind of crazy stuff. And at the same time, in some some places, a lot of conservatism. And I yeah. think that is because of um, safety, right? Um, and I'm not saying that they have two prongs for safety, but basically I think safety is one reason why these are so bad in general. Um, I did the Google search of wire and flight entertainment systems so bad. Okay. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about the architecture of these systems and also a really sad story. All right. I'll start, I'll start with a sad story. And I think this explains why they're slow to innovate. Swiss air flight, 2nd of September, 1998, (laughs) right? JFK to Geneva plane crashes, no survivors. The reason why is because there was uh, evidence of arcing in the wiring of the in-flight entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. Circuit breakers didn't catch it. Fuses didn't go. Um, and basically that arc is alleged to have caused the fire, which basically uh, put loads of smoke into the cockpit, meant that the pilots can see where they were going and the crash. Oh, wow. So it just reminds you that these systems like, yeah, although they're like nice to haves, mm-hmm. if they go wrong, they, they can become the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one reason why they're pretty bad. Um, another reason why they're pretty bad is because of the way that the architecture is actually done on them. So essentially you sit in rows on an airplane. And what there is at the end of it, each row is a is a small computer, an embedded embedded Linux device that looks after three or four seats. So one computer is looking after three or four screens. It's not like a computer per screen, yeah. right? Then you've got to go and find a way to get video to each of those computers. So you've got to create like a, a server in the airplane. Problem is these airplanes have really long life cycles. And yeah. again, you, you want to stick to what you know. You want to stick to what you know is not going to crash the airplane. Um, so basically they're trying to build like a mini Netflix on like a 10 or 15 year old, basically on 10 or 15 year old hardware. Yeah, It's so bad that when they reboot it, they have to, there's a script that runs on that server, which reboots it basically row by row, because if they were to reboot everything at the same time, it would overwhelm that server. And it's really interesting because it's like, I read a story about um, like Mars rovers and stuff like that. And you think that everything that's on a Mars rover is cutting edge. It's actually not yeah. because they've got to use stuff that they know lasts for years and years and years and the only way that they know if stuff lasts for years and years and years is to have used stuff that's lasted for years 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 and years and i think it's a similar kind of thing here of like if it's not
0: broken don't fix it almost mm-hmm. and potentially just get rid which is where the industry might be going that's that's nuts i think uh, what is uh, you mentioned the the testing part and uh, I, if you if you add a new element it needs to be tested and if we go back and, and see that the market the market cap of the the market size, sorry, of, of flight entertainment systems is so low, testing is really expensive. So adding something new, a new piece of hardware, is not only adding it and adding it to the manufacturing costs and so on, it's also the testing. And testing for this type of things is expensive. That's that's where pretty much most of the for rockets and um yeah and from for rocket design and and for for the the mars rover stuff like that's where a lot of the cost in, in like research and innovation department that's pretty much where everything goes it's just in the testing because you're just testing all the time and things will break so yeah testing is expensive so i could see your point why that would work it's once you bring it back to the economics of these things it's just like adding a new thing is not yeah it's expensive yeah yeah i yeah. completely agree okay interesting and another thing that you mentioned is like these these computers are powering four screens and yeah that's a whole infrastructure down there and and like the speed that in which these computers need to run which probably your phone is even more powerful than whatever server is powering those four screens so i wonder what do you think are flight entertainment systems here to stay or not <sighs> good question good
1: question good question so basically from from my research i've uh, basically um I think they're going away in in US carriers, and the reason why I think they're going in US, going away in US carriers is that it's easier to deliver Wi-Fi when you're flying over land. And if you can deliver Wi-Fi, and if you can have like an onboard intranet as well, which people's phones can connect to, then they can serve video from the airplane over over the uh, over the air to your device from the airplane, or indeed they can just connect you with the outside world. So some uh, airlines in the US are now offering. I think Delta are doing this. We're saying, They're saying, hey, we've got no IFE for you. However, what we have got is a small amount of free Wi-Fi, unlimited messaging while you're on the plane, uh, and things like that, just because they know, number one, the flights are typically shorter, I guess, uh, although the US is massive. And then they also they know that um, it's easy for them to deliver connectivity. Interesting. But to me, that sounds like my worst nightmare, but that's just because I'm old school in that sense.
0: I agree. I agree. Part of the thing is just to watch the movies, <laughs> and I do watch the movies, and even though they're a bit crap, I, I still watch them. And I think the problem that we're gonna have is that internet. Whenever I'm in a flight, is never reliable. Yeah, I like, I never can I can never play anything. So if I'm gonna go in a six hour flight, even even if it's on land or something, and I can't play anything on my phone, it's just gonna be. Why would I do that? It's well, I guess
1: it's it's a different type of entertainment, right? They're kind of saying in the short until I, I assume the plan is to have. The Wi-Fi be strong enough for everyone to be streaming 4K Netflix to their, yeah. you know, to their iPad in in the, yeah. ter- in the, in the near term where that's not possible. It's like, Hey, have a different type of entertainment on, oh, by the way, re- by the way, remember to download, you know, whatever it is that you need before you get on the flight or get the video served to your phone locally yeah. through the local network instead, if that makes yeah. sense, which is still yeah, possible. Yeah.
0: Uh, loads of interesting ideas. And I actually, let's actually, I, I remember what I was going to mention before about testing, testing is expensive. Uh, I added a video in the show notes of how Boeing is testing their own entertainment systems. Mm -hmm. And basically they fill the 747 with people. So this is like the scale at which which these things are expensive. Like they fill it up with people for a couple of hours and they had a set of instructions of all the things they needed to do. And it was basically, hey, all of you play X movie now. And everyone was playing the exact same movie at once. So pretty much these servers that you were talking about, these computers were just displaying information at once for this thing like the, the movies movies is one thing and then hey all of you render this 3d map at once which is another piece of th- work that yeah. they needed to do right yeah so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they're pushing the boundaries of that and I, I just blew my mind of filling up filling up this plane with people and everyone just doing random things real-time gaming because some of them also have a multiplayer games that you can play with other people in the flight so what mm-hmm. if everyone is just playing the same game with mm-hmm. different people so mm-hmm. all of those like edge cases need to be tested and yeah, and that's expensive. Yeah,
1: so yeah I definitely. recommend
0: you watch the video; it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, another really interesting thought that you mentioned. Uh, just going one by one. Sorry, but basically the idea of draw, like putting uh, using your phone as your screen. I thought that was really interesting as well. And it's definitely doable i don't know why you like some some of them have apps that you need to download before the flight and then you can just connect to the local network and then you can watch things which is is fine there's this youtuber that i also looked that he created his own entertainment system with a raspberry pi and oh he that's basically cool. yeah he used he used that like, he basically stick it's also in the show notes so you go take a look and he has a whole tutorial about it just, he sticked the the this really big screen. I believe it was like a ten inch screen into mm-hmm. the. It's like an iPad size. He basically sticked it into the the airplane air, airplane screen. And what happened? Actually, another thing that I didn't think about is that in long flights, once you're watching your phone, you actually get a lot of neck pain.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're the, just looking
0: the... down all the time.
1: Yeah, and that's one of my least favorite things about using my iPad on a flight. So yeah, there's but, no way to put it.
0: Exactly, yeah. So I wonder if plane entertainment systems will just become, hey, this is a a really basic screen that you can display things to but actually the real entertainment system will be your phone and you can like stick it here in different places
1: all like uh, AirPlay to it
0: or air that would be amazing
1: and then imagine if you're a business traveler the, there's no way there'd be enough space but imagine if you're a business traveler have you ever done work on an airplane yeah yeah i hate it i can't stand it but sometimes you know for whatever reason those are the only eight hours that you've got to do this thing right but imagine you're on a plane you airplay up to the screen that's in the um into the you know into the screen that's ahead of you in the seat in front of you you've got your laptop below it dual screen setup on the plane
0: yeah but you're getting a much worse screen than the one you have in your laptop
1: yeah but imagine imagine you could have like you know your emails up there and then your spreadsheet down here and that'd be cool I mean
0: yeah go for it yeah it would be cool nice. it would be cool I agree but as long as they, the screen up there is much better But yeah, I do think that these things are just going to evolve. In-flight entertainment systems will just become the software and basically just making Wi-Fi widely available. But we need to reach the point where everyone can stream things and we can just use our devices. I definitely think that they're going to go away. It's like cheaper to make. All that money in hardware are going to go into... However, I'm just going to challenge your thoughts here. Mm -hmm. If these things go away and you're not using your phone, communication and engagement with the... With the crew members and all of that, are just going to be limited. What if someone doesn't have a phone or a smartphone?
1: Yeah, you're right about that. But at the end of the day, you know, most people
0: do. Mm, Yeah, I don't know. What if? What about safety? Like, would people? What if you need to communicate? Like I don't know, the flight is uh, we're losing oxygen, and I guess I guess there is multiple ways. You don't need the screen to communicate these type of things. That would be an yeah. interesting thing. Inter- I don't know. I don't have the context for it, but I'm not. I think they're gonna be reduced, and we're gonna be pushing this idea of a bio. Have you heard of this bio? This bring your own device.
1: Oh right, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And look, the ben- look, yeah. it makes sense because people are already gonna bring them, right? Because yeah. it's it's the modern world. The other thing that we haven't talked about is weight as well. Yeah. Apparently for every every kilogram that a plane loses in weight saves over 100,000 litres of fuel a year. So if you had a fleet of aeroplanes and you removed a kilogram from every single one of them as like an average size airline, you remove one kilo, you save 100,000 litres of fuel. And if you take the weight out of all these screens, all these embedded Linux devices and all the rest of it, you know, you could probably make the seat a little bit thinner as well. You could save a lot you're just
0: describing Ryanair, airman yeah
1: exactly yeah 100 yeah. 100 yeah definitely definitely
0: making the seats more uncomfortable no uh, in-flight entertainment no food next is just like you're standing on the plane
1: yeah but you know what i mean like if you if you cut out that weight that people aren't using anyway it's better for the environment yeah. theory that could be yeah it's just better for everyone
0: i think it might become something like higher entertainment systems less of them for everyone so if you want to if, if you are in like economic class you're probably going to use them we're going to use them from your phone if you're in business then you have your own screen with like really well done higher quality screen so there is less weight anyway but i think we're gonna they're gonna stick around in some way yeah or they're gonna evolve into they're gonna become a premium thing but they're gonna become just really good interesting all right this is all what i had for today any final thoughts from you
1: look whatever changes that we want to make to airplanes um it would it could take as long as 30 years um apparently An average kind of commercial plane stays in stays in service for about 30 years. So if right. we said, hey, from from now on, all new planes, no IFEs, it would take 30 years before every plane has got that, which is insane.
0: All right, so see you in 30 years. We'll we'll double check this prediction. See you in 30 years. All right. Do you want to read us out?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh if you'd like to uh learn more about the show, head to our show notes um in the episode description. There you will see all the links that we've been talking about. Um, And you'll also see a link to bios.design where you can find us on Patreon, where you can follow us on Twitter um, and where you can support the show in general uh, by rating us uh, on your favorite podcast platform. If you enjoyed the show, share it with someone that you like. If you didn't enjoy the show, share it with someone you dislike. See you next time.
0: Amazing. See you next time.